Welcome to this episode of the Mind of the Escapist podcast. This is a podcast centered around film, video games, television, anime, and more. I'm your host, Terrell. In today's episode, I'm going to review John Wick Chapter 4, which I've just recently got back from watching, so the adrenaline is still pumping through my veins. I want to review this immediately so I can just get it with the right energy because right now I'm just feeling amped up from watching that movie. The story itself i'm not going to go into too much detail about the story in fact let me talk about john wick very quickly and give my thoughts on it because i haven't spoken about it yet the franchise of course came out of nowhere back in 2014 no one thought much of this film a lot of people didn't even know this film existed until after it had come out and the buzz started to hit it and it's been a great success story for keanu reeves who's one of the most humble people in hollywood by the looks of it and he deserves it the sequel came out in 2017 that was impressive the third film came out in 2019. That was even more impressive. I don't know which one's my favourite out of the three. I did re-watch the first film for the first time in about six years last night. And I enjoyed it. And I, I like how simple that film feels. And I think John Wick was originally potentially going to be a straight-to-DVD film. Because it didn't have a distributor as close as two months before its official release. So um, to see, and having watched this film tonight... I'm watching the first film last night. Seeing the trajectory that this franchise has been on since that first film to get where it's at now is quite crazy to witness. And this film in some ways has changed American action cinema forever and made a lot of people focus on stunt work and appreciate stunt work in ways that they haven't previously, especially for those that don't watch uh, Asian cinema, for example, and, and see all the stunt work that they do over there. So this has been quite an eye-opener, this franchise, for a lot of people. And it certainly would be a franchise that has introduced a lot of audiences to your more hardcore action movies and given them a keen eye for stunt work and allowed them to appreciate action so that hopefully when they watch films, they're looking and expecting better action sequences than what you typically get from your your normal American action films. But anyway, I won't go too far into the story of this film, um, but what I will say is the story itself does continue to expand upon this world and the continental and the table and the plot itself is relatively simple which I actually kind of like because it prevents the film itself from being too convoluted which a film of this runtime could easily become bogged down with too much plot and too much dialogue and too much story more than it needs and this film gladly doesn't actually fall into that trap it does run at about two hours and 40 minutes long and I'm going to be honest, it does feel a bit too long. It could have been trimmed in areas and the film does feel self-indulgent at times and it just simply didn't need to be as long as it is. That being said, there's rarely any downtime during that two hours and 40 minutes and a large majority of it is just action. So you do get bang for your buck. But at times it did feel like two films spliced in one. And I think after John Wick 3 came out, they did talk about shooting a John Wick chapter 4 and 5 back to back. Now obviously that didn't happen, but it seems as a result of that not happening, what they did instead was take the story that they would have had for both of those films and splice it together into one film. Uh, and this certainly does feel like it has. Like I said, although the story is very basic, it feels like there's enough going on, especially action-wise, that it could have been two separate movies, but they've kind of condensed it into one. Now I did just say John Wick chapter 4 is a bit self-indulgent and a little too long. But my god, does it have some Hall of Fame action sequences. It has at least three. There's probably more. There's so much action in this film, it's actually hard to take in on one viewing. The first hour alone has enough excellently staged action 
more than you typically see in the climax of most other films. And it's a really impressive first hour that really draws you in. And it's impressive for multiple reasons, because the action itself, when it finally kickstarts the action, well, the film starts off with an action scene that's relatively small. But when the main action of the first hour of the film gets going, it has a great build up to it. And it's a great crescendo to the opening act. And it's really engaging to witness. But on top of that, and what makes it so engaging, is the character work that's done with the characters that it introduces, the new characters and the old ones that it reintroduces. And just the way the narrative's going, it just sets the stage for that first hour's worth of action sequences really well. And it's relentless once it gets going. The second act is where the film starts to dip a little. And the way I would describe it is, it feels like at times you're getting, you're having too much of a good thing when you're watching this film at times. I'd uh, come up with the analogy of eating a cake. If you're eating a really good cake, you might have two slices and this might be the best cake you've ever tasted. But by the time you have three more slices, you're starting to feel a bit bloated and you're starting to think, oh, was it a good idea to have this much of the cake? Luckily, the film rectifies that by the third act. But yeah, during that second act, things take a little bit of a lull. Um, like I said, the plot itself doesn't drag because it's not too convoluted and thankfully it is very simple so it's not the plot that really drags it but i think it's just the pacing around that second act and certain scenes um i think just drag it down a little bit and there are still action scenes within that second hour and there's still great action sequences but there are certain aspects of them that i'm a bit critical about which i'll get onto later and it's relating to one particular actor in this film that i felt was a little underwhelming in areas but i'll get into that in a moment but the final hour let me tell you about this final hour the final hour of john wick chapter four might just be one of the greatest action showcases ever put on film and that sounds like an exaggeration and i'd understand you for thinking that it's just me exaggerating but trust me i'm not and to be honest if you've seen the john wick films up until this point you know what i mean without having even seen this film you know that this franchise is capable of delivering something that i could call one of the greatest action sequences ever put to film it has like at least three of them probably more but the final hour really does hit a home run when it comes to the sequences because the action sequences in that final hour are spectacular and they no doubt, no doubt in my mind, earn a spot in the action hall of fame. You have multiple, I don't even want to talk about them in detail because I don't want to spoil it, but you have multiple sequences. The way to describe it is I was literally watching that final hour and you'll see a sequence happen and you'll think, wow, that's definitely the best scene that's going to be in this movie. And then it keeps going and then it keeps going again and then it keeps going again. And there's a new sequence and another sequence and a different variation on one sequence and more action here. The final hour is relentless, but in the best way because it's relentless but is varied. There's a sequence involving a shootout and martial arts that's occurring in the middle of traffic at one of the busiest locations in Paris. Incredibly done. Fantastic stunt work. Great creativity. There's a fantastic sequence with John using a shotgun with dragon breath rounds as the camera adopts a bird's eye view perspective of the action as the action moves from room to room. Those of you that are familiar with the game Hotline Miami, the game I used to play, I think it came out like 10 years ago. If you're familiar with that game, this action sequence is shot with a bird's eye view perspective bouncing from room to room following the action as if it's 
like Hotline Miami. It's very much a recreation of the visual perspective of those games. It's wildly creative and appears to be shot in one continuous take and it's actually mind-blowing. I would say, if you're thinking of watching John Wick Chapter 4, witnessing John Wick put niggas six feet deep with dragon breath shotgun rounds is worth the price of admission alone. The scene is crazy. It's, it's actually one of my... It might be... Nah, I'm not going to say that yet. I'm not going to say that yet. I was about to say it might be the best action scene in the whole quadrilogy. But it could be. It's definitely in contention. It's definitely one of the most inventive action sequences in the whole quadrilogy. And the, the thing I love about these films, they're so fun to watch with a crowd. Because you get the crowd reactions. And in the UK, the crowd don't typically make much noise in, in the UK. I know in America, they like to, to hoot and holler at everything. But in the UK, crowds are relatively quiet. You know, quite respectful in that regard don't make too much noise even if they're enjoying something but with John Wick what I love about the experience watching it with the crowd and I remember this about watching John Wick number three in the cinema um, that was the only other one in the franchise that I'd seen in the cinema actually is you get those audible reactions at the action like <laughs> there's moments in this film where the crowd just reacted in such a in a funny way you know whether it's people chuckling or there's just the different audible responses you get whilst experiencing a John Wick film in the cinema is quite unique and it makes it more fun and there there were points at this film where me and other people in the audience you just laugh at it and it's not even in a bad way you laugh at it because what you're looking at is just insane and it's the fact that they're they're pulling it off like I'd love to know what the ammo count for this franchise is how many bullets have been fired in the John Wick franchise? I want to know because bodies just stay dropping in this film. It's kind of like the first film. Once the action starts, bodies just drop. John Wick is catching bodies left, right and centre. And this film is very similar. And just the way the action is directed here, you could tell. And once again, going back to what I said about the first film and watching that last night, it's actually really impressive to, to see the growth of this franchise and how organically this franchise grew. Because this wasn't made to be a franchise like so many other films are made nowadays, where they make a first film with the intention of making more. No, this was one film that was made that I think think for his time and for the situation of surrounding the film being made was lucky that it just got made and got released and distributed in cinemas and then it was just a knockout success and then they were able to expand upon it due to that and the world building around this franchise has always been really compelling and I think that's what really draws people in because it's not just a mindless action film there's actually an interesting lore that surrounds this world with, with, with each film you learn more about and becomes more interesting and there's a lot of spin-off potential with this film there's um i'll get onto it later but there's a character in this film i think they can make a spin-off out of there's already a film called ballerina i believe with anna de armis which is a spin-off that's going to be coming out and i think there's a lot more they could do with this this world and the characters in it which is um really exciting and really impressive there's an action sequence in the final act that takes place on a set of stairs as well that's all I'm going to say. You'll know when that sequence comes. Stunning. Just stunning cinematography and stunning stunt work. And speaking of cinematography, the film is gorgeously shot with cinematography that allows the actors, the martial arts and the stunt work to speak for itself. So many films we get nowadays, even after John Wick, are using these very quick edits and very shaky, shaky cam or close-up camera movements or movements that obscure the, the stunt work or lack of stunt work that's occurring. You know, you get beautiful wides in this film that just capture martial artists doing what they do best. And it's really impressive. It's very appeasing to the eye in terms of this color palette. 
and the way the shots are framed and that goes for the action but also the more scenic location shots and this goes back to what I said about seeing the growth of this franchise because you didn't get that in the first film and you may have got it a little bit in the second one I think but it was more so with the third one and in this one in a major way where you get those big landscape shots filled with color beautifully framed and you can feel every dollar of the budget on screen with this film. None of it's wasted and it's, it's really impressive. And I didn't see it in IMAX. I was very tempted to go to London to see this in IMAX. But I can imagine it is going to be quite an experience in IMAX because of how well it's shot. And one way I would describe this film, to me, more than the other three, John Wick Chapter 4 is an urban western. And I, I mean that in like a very literal way. It's a western film, just in an urban setting. There's western sensibilities throughout it, both thematically and visually, and I feel like John Wick has always occupied that kind of lone ranger, the man with no name type of role, but it really they really do some interesting things with it here, and there's certain aspects which I can't talk about, which are very obviously inspired by western films, and I like western films, and I like western media, um, in terms of, you know, your old school cowboy type stuff. And there's just elements of this film that are so blatantly inspired by that. And I really like how those elements were incorporated into this film for it to be the fourth film in the franchise and for them to take that type of route with it creatively. I thought it really paid off in a big way. Now, John Wick Chapter 4 actually has a really impressive ensemble cast. The new characters and new cast members all brought something of significance to their roles. Although the history of Donnie Yen's character in this film and his relationship with John Wick isn't delved into that much, you still get a sense that they had that history and their chemistry worked really well between them. And there's, there's sort of this relationship between the two characters where they respect each other, they're friends, but they know because of this particular situation and what both of them have on the line that they're kind of at odds with each other and will have to face each other. And I think they, they mined a lot out of those two performances and it, it really benefited this film in a big way. Hiroyuki Sanada is another great addition to the cast who was given an interesting character to work with and stellar action scenes and it was Donnie Yen and Hiroyuki Sanada that I was most excited to see in this film in terms of the newcomers to the cast because I respect those actors. Like when I was younger my dad um, introduced me to Bruce Lee films and Jackie Chan films and I grew up watching those films and appreciating those kind of stunt work and the action of those films and them as martial artists and it wasn't until I got into my teenage years that I started to notice and appreciate Donnie Yen and Hiroyuki Sanada a lot more through Ip Man and through The Last Samurai and different films that Hiroyuki Sanada's been in as well over the years and they came to play. The legends came to play in this film. They, they were given substantial roles. They brought their A-game to this film and they played a very entertaining part in terms of the character work but also the action side of it as well. There's a character in this film called The Tracker. The character, I won't say much about him because I don't, don't want to spoil anything, but the character at first didn't really work for me or I wasn't really vibing with the character that much. But as the film went on, I kind of warmed up to him. He's got a dog, a companion that fights alongside him. And that reminds me of this game. There was this game that came out on PS2 that I used to love playing called uh, Dead to Rights, where you were like this cop and you had this dog and you'd be able to set your dog on the, on the enemies and stuff like that. And it would be a shooter game. And uh, this character, the tracker and how he shoots and how he uh, commands his dog around to attack people reminds me of that game, Dead to Rights. But yeah, that character I definitely warmed up to as the film went on. But there's a character named Akira in this film who I like very much. And she has a very small role in this film 
but I want to see more. She left a great impression on me. I want to see more. I think that character has franchise potential, and I'd be very happy happy to watch a spin-off with her. And I think that character and the story they could tell with her could scratch that Kill Bill itch. I, I do want to see more of that character. I think she was very cool. The actress, who was actually a singer, I forgot her name, but she's a beautiful woman, and uh, her stunt work was great as well. Bill Skarsgård plays the main antagonist of this film, and he had a suitable menace to the role, um, and a suitable level of like snobbish sophistication, if that makes sense. It works for the role, and it's the type of role that I think Bill Skarsgård could definitely excel with, because of just his whole demeanour. So I think he was well cast in that role. But the one character that I was disappointed with that I referenced earlier, uh, or in fact, it wasn't the character, um, it was just the use of the character. So um, in terms of character and performance, I thought Scott Adkins was put to good use because they had him in this like makeup, almost like what they did with Colin Farrell in The Penguin, where they make him a little bit bigger and things like that. They had him in the makeup and he was fully playing up this role and it was working. He was, he was a funny character. He brought a uniqueness to the film in himself. And I thought all of that was great. But knowing how great of a martial artist Scott Adkins is, I don't think they utilized his stunt work well enough because when it got to this character's action sequences I felt a little underwhelmed by it because he just didn't get enough to do there wasn't enough fighting within his big moments which I thought was a little disappointing but yeah like that's not a fault of Scott Adkins at all I thought he was doing great work with the character and the performance itself very larger than life performance in both a literal and an acting way um, I just think they kind of underserved him in terms of the actual action part which is what he's you know what he's there to do because that's what he does best so that was a shame Lastly, I just want to speak about Lance Reddick, who of course passed away just a few days ago, um, and that was a very sad loss because he's one of those actors that I feel like whenever he shows up in something, he's always great, you know, he's one of those actors that the film could be bad, but you know, he would always be great, or would always bring something to it, he had a very unique presence to him, and of course, John Wick is one of his most notable roles, and I feel like career-wise, he was just, of course, he, he had a great career in television and through a lot of um, prolific shows over the years, over the decades in television. And I think on the film side of it, although he featured in a lot of great films and a lot of notable films, I feel like his star was still rising, even at the age of 60. So to see his life cut short was um, a great shame and very saddening. And the way his character is handled in this film definitely has impact. And there's some dialogue about his character in this film that is actually quite eerie given his recent passing. And the way that he's spoken about in the film, I think, was quite touching, especially given how we've just lost him. Um, and I just wanted to, yeah, I thought that was... Um, you know, they had no knowledge that he was going to pass away, of course, but I just think that in some ways it's kind of well done how they just handled that character, even though they wouldn't have known that he was going to pass away. But yeah, John Wick Chapter 4, where would I rank it in the franchise? I'm not sure yet. To me, it's definitely one of the better ones in the franchise, but I need to see the others again. I need to watch two and three again because I haven't seen them for a while. I remember liking a lot of the action in number three. I think some of the action in three is some of the strongest. There's that sequence with the horse uh, through New York City. There's the sequence in that, I don't know if it's a museum with the knives. There's that book scene. There's a lot of action in the scene with Halle Berry. There's a lot of action in the third film that I really like. That's definitely up there with some of my some of my favorite action scenes in the franchise. The second film, I can't remember that well, so I definitely need to see that again. But John Wick Chapter 4 is definitely one of the better ones. And to be honest, there isn't a bad film in the franchise anyway. Um, but I think Chapter 4 will also grow on me as I see it more. And I can already feel from the time that I left the cinema to now, it's already growing on me. 
you know, because I'm already, it, it takes time, there's so much in this film, there's so much action in this film, and so much of the time is spent with action in this film, there's a lot to take in, so as I step away from the film, and think about it, without actually looking at it anymore, it's growing on me, because I'm, I'm starting to really soak up all of what I've just witnessed, and I, it's an impressive film, it's an impressive spectacle, it's an impressive action showcase, and I think anyone that goes in to watch this film, you know what you're, you're looking for, if you're watching a John Wick film, and although it may be a bit long, although it may have the odd pacing issue here and there, it's gonna deliver what you're paying to see, without a doubt. Like I said, this film's two hours and 40 minutes long. I would guess that at least between an hour and a half to two hours of this film is just straight action. Maybe even more than that. Like, there's so much action in this film, it's actually crazy. Because there's entire, like, 20 minute long sequences of action before you even get to that final hour. Where it's just relentless really really impressed with it and who knows where this will end up on my ranking when it's all said and done in some ways i don't really care where it ends up on my ranking because i enjoy all four films and they're all great films and i'm gonna say something quite controversial here this may sound crazy but hear me out i think john wick is now keanu reeves definitive role because how he embodies this character no one else could imagine anyone playing john wick and the fact that he's made four films and they're all great and they're all loved i just think you know, and this film has kind of garnered its own iconic status, you know, over time. I just think this is his main role. And I do think, you know, with time, this may be the role that he's remembered most for, even over Neo. Very controversial that I just said that. But yeah, I highly recommend John Wick. If you've seen the other ones, you know what you're getting in for, going in for, and you know you're going to enjoy it. And you know what it's going to do. Or you know what you want it to deliver. And I'm here to tell you it delivers what you want it to deliver. So if you want to go watch the movie or you're thinking about it, go watch the film. And you'll be satisfied because the action is crazy. I can't talk. I want to talk about it in more detail, but I can't because of spoilers. But there are so many sequences in this film where the action is like borderline mind-blowing. In terms of its stunt work, how it's shot, just the creativity of it all. And like I said before, when John Wick gets them dragon breath rounds and starts letting rip and collecting souls, bro, that is worth your money alone. Everything else is a bonus. I'm telling you. Thank you for listening to this review. If you haven't followed this podcast yet, please do so you don't miss any future episodes. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode.